Hello, friends, and what is up? I am Daryl Smart, and welcome to Smart Sports Podcast. I hope you're all staying safe out there. Hopefully, this week's podcast can pass some time for you while you're all in isolation. This week on the podcast, I thought it would be great to talk some Olympics and a little bit of golf. And there's no better person to do that than Turkey Point's Ralph Bauer. Ralph's story is a great one. And like one story in the Hamilton Spectator headlined a couple of years ago, Ralph is the best PGA player coach you never heard of. A longtime golf pro and coach, he's seen and done just about everything from rubbing elbows and giving his points of view on the PGA Tour, to being part of the Olympics, to molding some of the top young golfers in this country. Ralph, it is great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Yo, uh, thanks for having me on. I love your podcast and, uh, you know... Uh, anytime we can chat, that's great. No, I know. We got to do this over a beer more often, though. Yeah, so I'm good <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, first thing we're just going to talk about, just uh, we're going to talk a little Olympics, uh, just because, uh, of course, with everything going on with COVID-19, and we'll get into your fun COVID-19 experience uh, now that you're on day 14 of your quarantine. But uh, we'll talk Olympics first and just kind of your thoughts on just the Canadian Olympic Committee is, uh, of course, you had involvement in the last Olympics and uh, just with the Canadian Olympic Committee's decision kind of being the trailblazers, uh, you had to have been very happy to see them looking out for the athletes and coaches uh, by, by yeah, pulling out. Yeah, that was great. Um, so, you know, I, I was lucky and, and I, but, uh, you know, long lived to, to participate in the Olympics this year, which is great. You know, as, as a coach, um, and, and also as a team Canada backup uh, caddy, which is cool. I caddied in the last Olympics, but uh, yeah. Marty McBean. Uh, I don't know if you remember Marty McBean. But, yep, the uh, rower. Yeah, yeah, the rower. Right, and uh, so uh, you know the country's name. Uh, you know, uh, basically, person in charge. Right, and she, she's she's like an ex-athlete out in charge this year, and so she was doing a good job of sending us emails to to keep us informed on you know what's going on, and mm-hmm. and you know. And she being an athlete, she did a great job of kind of telling people how to prepare, you know, in times of uncertainty and things like that. Yeah. Not that she's obviously ever been through something like this, but she just did a great job of of kind of keeping everybody informed. And, you know, we look forward to, you know, when I get an email from her, you know, like that she'd send out to everybody. It was great to obviously to read it and, you know, kind of go each line because there's, you know, all kinds of, you know, wisdom in there. So, uh, you know, and then... You know, it wasn't looking good, you know, before they announced. Well, I exactly, think Canada yeah. did a great job of, of uh, you know, kind of leading the world on that, right? Well, exactly. And, it almost was yeah. like they were the first domino, right? Yeah, you know, and um, so Adam Hadwin, who I was going to be coaching in Rio, you know, one of his team, like uh, his, his strength conditioning coach, you know, texted us all and, and, and told us, you know, a couple minutes after it happened. And, you know, we were surprised. And, I mean, the first thing I thought of was, Hey, you know, they're delaying it a year. I mean, you know, the last Olympics in Rio, 2016, I think golf had a four-year hiatus. Yeah. Leading into 2016, so I texted Adam and said, hey, you know, this time we'll have to wait a year, you know, not higher than four years. You know, it's only five years between Olympics this time. So, um, you know, it's disappointing, obviously, but I feel like it's much more disappointing for people in other sports who the Olympics is kind of, um, you know, that they're a whole, you know, focus on their sport. I mean, it's a big part of golf, but I mean, it's not yeah. anywhere near, near like, you know, volleyball or, or javelin. Or, some know, of those, uh, some of those athletes, uh, that's their life goal basically. And that, that has been their life just to that date. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like last, 
in, in Rio, I, I, I got to stay in the Olympic Village yeah. right, for eight days. So I, I got to eat with the athletes and, you know, you know, hang out with them and stuff. And, you know, you get, you get to, like, you know, I kind of, we were hanging out a, a bunch with the badminton team. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of publicity outside of the Olympics, obviously. Right? And, and the guys had to decide, you know, whether they're going to do it for their fourth or not. Yeah. And... You know, it's it's tough for amateur athletes to do it, but they they love it, and you know, I mean, I can see why they did they, well, why they, did, but it's 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 amazing, right? Yeah. But you know, for for them to you know try to peak for 2020, that doesn't mean they'll make the team in 2021. Exactly. Right? Um, so, I mean, it's always a big challenge for for them, but uh, you know, uh, obviously safety first, and uh, you know, Canada obviously made the right call. Oh, absolutely. And you kind of alluded to some of your, well, your, your previous Olympic experience. And of course you were a, a caddy and coach at the Rio games and the, we might as well just get into that. And then it, it's kind of a fun story how you got there first. So we might as well get, get to how you actually got there. So, you know, they, they announced in 2009 that the Olympic, you know, the golf is going to make a return to the Olympics in, in 2016. Yeah. And, um, Maybe about three months later, I had a, a David Byrne called me up for a golf lesson, and uh, you know we were 15 minutes into the into the lesson, and I said, "Hey, David, me, you, Rio 2016, let's do it." And we shook hands on it, and uh, you know I was lucky I got to work with them for you know for the next seven years and yeah. made the team. Um, that, I don't remember Zika, you know the yep. mosquito. Yeah, um, yep. that, that was a big deal back. Then. And one of the caddies. Uh, you know, it's one thing for players to skip it, but you know, a lot of, or you know, it, oh, I didn't see a bug the whole time we were down there, but yeah, because it was winter there. But anyways, uh, yeah, so his caddy couldn't make it uh, out of health concerns for that, and, and uh, you know, he had some options for caddies. He wanted to pick a Canadian, right? And uh, yeah. there wasn't a lot of options for for Canadians, and so I was lucky enough to get picked, and uh, you know, went we had a great time. It's like great, but we came in about thirty, you know, middle of the field, but. Uh, you know, it was uh, you know one unbelievable experience for me as a coach. Well, I couldn't live imagine. In the Olympic Village. And, oh, it's unbelievable! Like, like seeing how other athletes, you know, prepare, how they, you know, uh, not just prepare like physically but mentally, and and uh, how they look forward to the competition, how they judge the results afterwards. Just amazing. As a coach, did you? pick up on a lot of that stuff and like you were talking about you were talking about being with the badminton uh, badminton team and just kind of picking up do you pick stuff up from other sports and it just uh psych even like just simple psychologies yeah 100 percent. i mean i mean in terms of a learning experience for a coach was you know once in life opportunity right so yeah. you know we, we got to you know, eat with the athletes before they, you know, talk to them. Like, I'm talking athletes for other, like, you know, athletes for other sports. Yeah. You know, have lunch with them. You know, talk, you know they'd, they'd be talking about their, you know, they've got an event the next day, you know, how they're preparing mentally. You know, it was amazing. So I did a, I did a pretty good job every night. I'd, I'd go on the rooftop. There was a, uh, I'd, I'd move a stationary bike out there. I'd, I'd ride the bike for a bit and, uh, yeah. you know, journal kind of, everything I kind of took in that day. Right? So, um, you know, didn't want didn't want to forget any of it. So, you know, it was amazing. I mean, just so much, just learned so much, so many other sports that helped me become you know a, a lot better coach for sure. Any particular stories that were kind of fun or something that you'll really take take from that experience? Um, you know, I mean, I learned a lot of things for sure. I mean, it was kind of weird. 
So I, I'm just going to tell that, you know, that's where it goes. But we weren't given tickets to the other games, right? Yeah, like yeah, we yeah. couldn't go to other sports, right? Like, you could a few, but that's it. But then after we were there for a day, we realized, hey, our passes, you know, to get us into golf worked for everything else as well, right? So, <laughs> so, so every night we would hop in, you know, we would just hop on the, uh, like, we had a, a bus that would take us from the village to the yeah. golf course. And, and Rio's pretty, you know, Rio's a bit sketchy. Yeah. Right? But we were always inside security. But then we could also hop on a bus to take us into track and field. But it wouldn't just drop us off up front. It drops us off inside the venue. So we'd be back in the <laughs> warm-up track, you know, having oranges with the, you know, watching the hurdles warm up. And so, you know, if we wanted to play, you know, ping pong with the, the swimmers before they... You know, at this swimming venue, you know, we'll do that. So, you know, that that, that part was kind of cool because we got to watch, you know, I got to watch, some, you know, men's volleyball. Yeah. Um, you know, swimming. We tried to get everything that we could. Yeah. Um, some, some things, unfortunately, like women's soccer was, you know, quite a ways away, so we couldn't do that. But, uh, yeah. you know, but no, it was, it was amazing. It was, it, was, it was unreal. You know, I was obviously looking forward to it again in Tokyo, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this summer. Uh, this, this summer, though, you know, told me every Olympic Games different. Not like you know, like let's say the Stanley Cup, where where every year you kind of you know it's two two teams. Like every because the venue changed so dramatically for the Olympics. Well, like yeah. That. Golf is actually like a, an hour and a half away. Oh, really? Olympic Village. Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically, the plan was going to be to you know rent a house and we all stay you know at a house at the golf course and kind of you know take care of business that way. Yeah. Um, and so you're not really, you're part of the golf, which is great, but you're not really part of the whole thing like we got to do in Rio. Because the, go- the golf course in Rio is only 10 minutes away. Yeah, well, and so you must have been pretty ecstatic that you were a part of that experience in Rio. Yeah, it was pretty cool, for sure. You know, you're, you're, you're there, you want to win a, you know, you want to you know, help the team win a medal, but, yeah. you know, we, we didn't do that. But, uh, no, it was, uh, it was awesome, for sure. And then just to, ending with the, the Olympics, and. And we'll start with the, your quarantine story because you've uh, you've been on the PGA tour. Uh, how many players do you have? So normally, normally I have four, normally I have four or five, which which is you know what I have right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and you were in quarantine because you were at the yeah. So I was at the Players Championship, yeah, which you know was kind of the last event held, and you know it was kind of business as normal. It wasn't too crazy back then, like. Yeah. Uh, that was maybe 18 days ago. It wasn't too crazy. And then, um, you know, I played Wednesday night. I wasn't going to news because it was, you know, so crazy. Yeah. Which is not And then, you know, I had a couple of guys text me like, dude, are you watching the news? So I don't think it's on. And Thursday was a, a, you know, was a crazy experience. Wednesday night is when, when, the, when uh, the NBA shut down. Yeah. So Wednesday the NBA shut down, um, Tom Hanks got it. You know, it just seemed like everything was kind of blowing up at once. Yeah. And, uh, you know, truthfully, I mean, the first thing I want to do is, you know, come back to Canada, yes. right? But, yes. you know, didn't. And then, you know, Thursday, you know, I had four guys playing in a tournament. And Thursday, uh, you know, none of them, none of them really thought they were going to finish the round, truthfully. Yeah. Um, really? You know, it was just, yeah, it, was a, it, was, it was weird. Like, there was hardly anybody there. Yeah. Um, and... Then they announced, okay, no, no more fans next month, right? Yeah. But players still, well, yeah, but I still have to travel. Like it was just, it was just not, kind of weird. Uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of funny. All guys played really well, though. 
Yeah. Um, so all, all my guys were inside the top five in the field, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so that was, so, and nobody wanted back at that first, it was really into it. It was yeah. kind of just weird. They just wanted to, you know, call their mom and dad and, you know, to deal with stuff they had to deal with. And then, uh, you know, I got a text message Thursday night saying, hey, it's canceled, you know, go home. Yeah. Right? So, you know, was lucky enough to get a plane out the next day and, and come home. So, huh. um, you know, just... It's, it's kind of weird the PJ Tour not being, you know, being, being, you know like like everything else. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it's so it's so weird watching TV now, and you see like, oh my gosh, those people are like it's, it's crazy, right? But well, exactly. Anyways. So uh, anyway, so the guys are the guys are starting to get into practicing a little bit more now, which is kind of cool. And, yeah. You know, they've been sending me some videos, and we've done some FaceTime live, or I'm sorry, some uh, yeah, FaceTime live stuff with them. So it's nice. kind of fun to keep in touch with them that way, and. Uh, you know, whenever we're going back, we get going back. Nice, yeah. And then, uh, like I was just going to say, uh, you're obviously in contact with with the with the guys, and and any other things that you guys are doing, or are they are they staying active uh, somehow and on their yards? I guess uh, I guess that would be about the only way to do it, eh? Yeah. So all the guys I work with are, are taking a pretty and, and and haven't no golfing or anything like that. Yeah. Right. Um. So they just at home and. And they're, you know, doing certainly not an essential service, right? But so they've done a good job with that. We have kind of highlighted, uh, and a few of them have kind of set up little things in garages, but they could, you know, swing a golf club and, yeah. and stuff like that. But and and we've talked a little about maybe almost like an off season where you have a time to maybe work on a couple little projects that you want to fix your golf swing that you can't do on a two, you know, week to week basis, right? Exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's got to be a strange. It's kind of a strange time for it too, right? Because it, just the mindset of being on tour and kind of the the the, the grind of the tour, and it kind of comes to a halt, and you're, you're yeah, trying to shift gears it, almost. Yeah, and I mean, it's it, never a good time for this. But I mean, yeah, uh, like I mean, you know, the Masters obviously a big one, um, and you know, it's funny kind of because this is the first time I've ever. Well, I was gonna. You know, take some friends to the Masters and take my wife and yeah. and go for take them for a few. You know, you know, uh, you know that that's you know, or postponed or whatever they're doing. But uh, you know, it just like I said, there's never a good time for it. But I mean, there's just a lot of kind of cool tournaments time of year. And this kind of year, people start to you know, I think appreciate you know golf and. Oh, exactly. Yeah, we start thinking about it a little bit more. Oh, exactly. And uh, might uh, might as well give a plug for the guys that you're coaching right now. Uh, who are they? Uh, so Adam Hadwin, who's, who's yeah. you know Canada's you know top rec golfer and you know great guy. Um, Kyle Stanley, who uh, another great guy, uh, American. I'm not sure. How, uh, the two of them uh, a couple years ago were the captains of the American and the, and the Canadian teams at the Presidents Cup. Yeah. Um, in Australia, so that was kind of cool. So I went down there, and uh, it was kind of cool to coach, you know, the Americans and the Canadians at the same time. So that was kind of fun. But uh, Johnny Vegas won the Cane Open a couple times. Yeah. Um, Adam Svensson is a young player from Canada, a really, really good young player from Canada. Um, I got a few other guys, JD Bond. I started working with, you know, a great player, and you know, kind of a few guys that I just kind of so. Uh, yeah, it's it's been. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, and it seems so unique because uh, how long have you been coaching PGA players? Is a, and again, that's kind of getting into your story, but like it, you go from you, you were at the uh, Turkey Point Golf and Country Club, and, and yeah, you, yeah, 
so I started out teaching it. I started yeah. teaching at Turkey Point, yeah. right into a net, yeah. right for ten bucks. And that's how. Yeah, hey, and that's oh, how we I met. Loved it. <laughs> oh, sorry, I had a little dog here. Sorry about that. That's um, all right. And uh, so, I mean, that was great. And uh, you know, started working with tour players. I had a player win the NCAA's and and Tiger's single season call record, which is kind of. You know, let's call that my big break. Who right? was it? And Who was then, it? It was Matt Hill. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and then, so that was kind of cool. And then uh started working with David Hearn in, in 09 and, you know, kind of helped him, you know, you know grab on the PJ Tour and ever since then I've been, you know, the following year and ever since then I've, you know, I've, I've been doing that. And, um, you know, I've got about, usually, I, five is a real nice, four, four guys is, Four guys actually a nice number. Five is a little too much. Yeah. And uh, you know I've been lucky if uh, twice I've been fired by guys <laughs> you know, in the morning, and then both times that afternoon, you know, other players heard about and called me up, and, and I mean, stuff's kind of cool. <laughs> in a million years, when you when you first started started your gig in Turkey Point, did you ever think that you would be doing what you're doing? Uh, I never really so to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean, I just kind of like teaching golf and. Um, you know, just tried to do the best I could at it. And yeah. Never really had, like, a goal of, hey, I want to coach PGA Tour players or like that. It what? just kind of graduate, I guess, you know, went that, went that direction. Where did the love of golf come from? Yeah, so I grew up playing golf Turkey Point. Yeah. Right? Um, loved it. You know, you know, none of my friends lived, like, most of my friends were in, you know, Dover and stuff, so in the summertime I wouldn't you know, see anybody, so I just go up there golf all day, every day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know. Lucky there was no phones back then, so there's nothing else trying to keep me interested. And so I would just pick <laughs> up to the morning. And I'd, it would, it'd be it would not be unusual. Like the most I think I've ever played was 81 holes in a day. But how many? But 81, 54 would be normal. Jeez, I'd, I'd, you know, it'd be it'd, it'd be normal for me to play six rounds a day, like six, eight, six, nine holes a day. That was yeah. When I was 12, that, that was good, but. People said they golf all day. I literally would golf all day. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I thought it was just it was just fun. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, so that kind of stuff, you just couldn't get fit, you know. And and uh, you know, lucky I went to some tournaments, and, you know, and had success. And then I got to you know got a scholarship to golf in the, in the states, you know, and uh, kind of you know kind of took off from from there. I guess the PGA Tour, which I think was not enough stretch because you know I was in college. I you know, I just play with Mickelson and Furek and, yeah. you know, a bunch of guys who who won events and kind of around golf at a, at a pretty high level, you know, starting, you know, with like 18, 19. Well, it's got to be funny. Do they remember you from uh, the college days? Not really. I don't really, like, some guys don't, like, Mickelson's not one of the guys that kind of chums out with, like, everybody. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you know, uh, I mean, Jim Furek will say hi. I mean, he's a great guy. Yeah. Not, Nichols and I doesn't. I just don't know. You just it's don't know them, right? Kind of, there's a of them that have their little group around, and that's the only people they really associate with. Yeah, yeah. One of them. So, how did your involvement with uh, Golf Canada come about? Because, uh, yeah, and again, uh, that's another one of your feathers in your cap. You're you're part of the junior development team, right? Yeah, I was. Well, they did national, like a national team, right? So I was assistant yeah. coach for a few years, which which is great. Um, you know, it's it's kind of or not funny, but so when they, when they announced the team, I mean, I, I really, really wanted to be part of it, yeah. you know, as, as a coach. And uh, I felt like, you know, when, when 
you know, I'm 51, so our generation, there, there really wasn't coaches yeah. that could help us. So I thought, hey, you know, it'd be great to be the kind of coach that, you know, we never had, right? So that was kind of my, my goal, I guess, going into that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so I volunteered for a, uh, you know, a, a team Canada camp to be coach, right? Which, you know, so that I was lucky they, they let me do that, although I was only to apply to volunteer, so. Yeah, yeah. I helped. And then, uh, something like 2001. And then the next, they're like, hey, we need, like, a, you know, coach for Ontario. And uh, I, it was kind of natural for them to pick me, I guess, because I already helped out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, kind of went from there. So I've been, I was a provincial coach for Ontario for about 10 years, which which was love. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was with Team Canada, you know, off and on for, for, for since 91. Mainly off, or for 2001. Mainly off, but maybe I was Ontario coach for, for Team Canada for a few years. And then, uh, then I did the provincial coach for the Gulf of Ontario yeah. for 10 years and I was, a, I was the assistant coach for Team Canada for a couple of years which I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, did you see the learning curve go up or uh, on some of these young golfers? Like you said, basically your goal heading into it was to kind of give them the the mentorship and the coaching that you never got. And did, had you, Have you seen that level of golf really take off? Yeah, I mean, I think you can see, if you, when you watch golf, TV, I think you can see it, it, people get better younger because there's better coaching out there. You yeah. know, the, the technology is better. They, they, you can kind of identify which is easier. You know, conditioning's a thousand times better. Um, there's just, you know, a lot of things that we can do now to help players. But back in the day, if you're either, basically you're either good or you weren't. Yeah. And now it seems like yeah, some people are just good, which is great. Yeah. But then some people aren't good enough and you can kind of coach them into, into being good enough and that's obviously pretty pretty cool that's pretty neat to see that eh any any yeah, any golfers in particular that you've just kind of blown away with um you know the hard to name specific players i will say though i found that the players that get really good are the players that work the hardest yeah and that also will follow through on who are, who are a little bit more detail-oriented will fall through whatever you're working on, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I've, there's almost been, I, I, just ha- I haven't found basically any, um, you know, the, the more talented you are has little to do with how successful you're going to be. You know, yeah. the, the more talented you are as a 13, 14-year-old has almost nothing to do with how good you're going to be when you're 20. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. Kind of, a, kind of a way I like to uh, think about that is, I, I looked at, there's a, 13 under uh, championship for Ontario. Yep. So I looked, I looked at 10 people who've won that 10 times, you know, for 10 years in a row. Yeah. Right. And then I looked to see how they did, um, you know, when they were 20 and then amateur is, you know, open for amateurs. Yeah. And some of them didn't even qualify for that amateur. Mm-hmm. So you, when you think about the 10 juniors or the 10, 13 year olds, you know, when they were driving home that night, they were probably thinking, okay, Stanford PGA Tour, you know, Nike Adidas contract, you know, this is great. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they couldn't even, make, you know, qualify for an amateur, right? So, um, you know, it's been weird that way. Yeah. I'll, I'll say another thing that's been super weird about about coaching that I found that, you know, you wouldn't think is that the better the player they are, the more likely they are. It's crazy to me that I've worked with 
basically won major championships before. Yeah. And to do something with their golf game. Okay, yeah, sounds, you know, they'll just do it. Yeah. And then I'll work with a 14-year-old kid, you know, young player. I'm like, hey, I think you're, your wedge is too high. We need to fix this. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. You know, you know I'm good. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I don't think you are, but, you know, whatever. Knock so, yourself you know, out, eh? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just hard to convince. It's just weird. You just wouldn't think of it. It's easier to convince uh, somebody who wanted us open yeah. to do something. And yet a 14-year-old who kind of happens at the local level, yeah. you know, that they need to change something and, and, and you know, they won't. That's so interesting. That's, that's eh? a kind of weird, weird thing. That is interesting, eh? Yeah. And, and I, would just, I would have thought this. I would have the fortune to be like, of course, of course I'll do it. And, <laughs> and the other people you have to sell sell them on. Yeah. I've had random people come up to me on a Thursday morning before they play and ask me, hey, do I show you this or that? Yeah. I'm like, well, I think you should do this, but, you know. Well, and again, that goes back to your goes back to your uh, social medias now. And uh, for those that don't follow you on your, especially your Instagram, you've got. I love your videos. Uh, you can pick up any a hack like me is able to pick up a lot just by watching those little little tricks that you and tips that you've been posting. Yeah, I appreciate that, and you got me started. You, you know, you helped me get started with that, and you know, I appreciate that. And you know, it's actually been a lot of fun, and and. Uh... I was kind of shied away from that before, yeah. But you know, I had like a twenty-five-year-old, you know, tour player, you know, tell me that, hey, nobody's gonna hire you off anymore because your Instagram. I'm going like, what you did? He's like, yeah, thank you, but you know, you do a better job, and 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 try to you know put a little bit more time and effort into it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, truthfully. And and the and it's kind of taken off. You were saying before we hit the record button, it's it's kind of it's kind of yeah, it's weird. You know, there's a lot of guys that know me on the PJ tour, but but like you know. It's almost like a job interview where they can look at your Instagram post to see what kind of coaching theories you have, yeah. right? And then use that to base to whether or not they're going to hire you or not. Or, or not necessarily hire you, but, you know, they're going to reach out to you or not. See, uh, it's almost as if you guys jive together almost. Like you said, it's an interview almost, right? Yeah, it's almost like an interview or almost like an extended business card where, where you can say, like, hey, here's what yeah. kind of I think. And some it's like, hey, I don't really like that, those ideas. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, but I've had... You know, I had a couple guys like, "Hey, I really like uh, like your stuff. You know, do you have any time to talk next week?" So that's been kind of cool. That um, you know, it's kind of worked out, out, out well that way for sure. That's awesome. And uh, just one last thing, we might as well talk just talking about the local golf scene. And uh, what have you seen? Uh, just, uh, just through the, some of the young golfers and we were talking about young golfers and whatnot. And of course there's a number of, uh, kids out there that have gone over to the States and have done fairly well. And, uh, you have to be happy to see the number of kids playing the, playing the game locally at a, at a higher level. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's been, it's, it's been nice for sure. Uh, uh I also like to see people, you know, continuing to, to, to improve and, and uh, you know, and excel in, in, in the States for sure, you know, which where we haven't, you know, quite got to that level yet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's a bit of a challenge, you know, kids leave, you know, they, then they got a college coach, right? Yeah. You know, the college coach might not be, you know, they, they might have made a wrong call with the college coach or, you know, or what, like, it's just a lot of variables in there, you know, and then they... You know, as they get older, there, there's a lot of, you know, choices, you know, on the golf course that they can make. So, uh, yeah. no, it's, it's really been a challenge. It's, it's been great to see, like, you know, um, it, it makes sense. This would be a, an, a, an area to produce some good golfers. We've got, you know, I, mean, we, I think we've got, 
the highest, one of certainly the highest per capita golf courses, you know, oh, heck in, yeah. in the world, actually. Right? They're, they're all super affordable, right? None of them have restrictions on them, you know, for juniors. Yeah. So for a pretty personal level, you know, kids can come out here and play, um, you know, as, as much as they want. And, yeah. you know, we've got, you know, good weather. And, and uh, I mean, it should be an area that, that, that we're, uh, you know, it should be the strength, you know, of, of this part of, of Ontario for sure. And traditionally it has been. Exactly. And, and of course, I, I do believe, isn't the uh, Canadian amateur uh, Otter it's Otter Creek this year, I think. Yeah, the Ontario Amateur is scheduled oh, the, for Otter Creek this year. The Ontario yeah, Amateur. Yeah, the Ontario yeah. Amateur, which is which is really cool, and and you know, Otter Creek's obviously you know great golf course, and, yeah. and uh, you know the, uh, you know Randy and those guys will their their team will do a great job, I'm sure, and, and I just hope it's you know we're golfing by then. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, thanks for doing this, Ralph. I really appreciate it. No, thank you very much, and uh, you know enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thanks a lot, and. Uh, Stay safe and and uh, enjoy the, the time off, I guess. Okay, sounds good. Shoutouts. The first shoutout goes out to Brantford's Hunter Jones. The Peterborough Pete's goalie from Brantford just inked his first NHL contract this week with the Minnesota Wild. This couldn't happen to a better kid. Congratulations, Hunter. The next shoutout goes out to Waterford's Lexi Palmer. The forward from Waterford had her hockey season cut short like many, but before the season was canceled, Lexi and her Liberty University Lady Flames teammates won the first ever Midwest College Hockey title and they were en route to go to the ACHA Division I National Championships. Congratulations on a great season, Lexi. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to listen. It really is appreciated. Make sure to go to the Smart Sports Podcast Facebook page for more local sports news when it happens. And remember to like and share us to continue to make Smart Sports Podcast the place for all things local sports. I am Daryl Smart. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. And I will talk to you later.